my friends, and welcome to your Life Now show. This is Coach Ria. As always, I am so delighted to be here with you live on the air. Um, again, just a little background on who I am. I am the founder and a CEO of Your Life Now. It's a professional life coaching service. I am personally certified as a professional and a business coach, and in my practice, I work with clients covering a lot of different area of impact in their life on the personal level as well as the professional level. Some of these area of impact include, but not limited to personal and professional growth, personal relationships, money, finances, career, self-esteem, health and fitness, spirituality, and of course, overall, the quality of, of life. I just wanted to make sure that I always put it out there. My intention really to have this show is really sort of to inspire you, really to inspire you, to make some positive changes in your life so you can see some, some positive you know, things happening in your life. Just if you look at things from a different angle, maybe you can get a different result. So that's what this show is about. Um, on this show, I normally have a lot of different guests. We try to cover a lot of different topics related to our everyday life. And this show is really meant to be um, thought-provoking. And uh, I don't offer any professional help on the show, but, of course, I am a professional um, uh, life coach, and you can always reach me and learn more about what I do, and you can visit my website at www.coachingbyria.com, or you can send me an email at info at coachingbyria.com. Of course, also my guests, my guests on the show are also professionals, so you can see, you can, you can um, um, get in touch with them directly. And I always give the information for my guests if you like to see to learn more about them and, and of course, their work. Um, today's show, it's it's a very inspiring show. I have a great guest with me. My guest today, Dr. David Kenneth Waldman. He is the founder and the president of to Love Children Educational Foundation International, Inc. He's also the founder and president of Rebecca House International Publishing Company that focuses on expanding children's horizon. David is also faculty, at, faculty counsel at University of Phoenix. He's an accomplished educator, social entrepreneur, and non-governmental organization leader. He has a huge passion. He has a passion to his passion is really driven from making a positive and so, making positive social changes through uniting people at the grassroots level to influence top government decision maker to implement educational development policy. He had obtained a special status at the UN Economic and Social Council. He has a role as a liaison across the education, nonprofit, private, and government sectors. He's an expert in public policy, gender justice, and educational development for girls in the developing world. David hosts and produced a television program called To Love Children, in which he interviewed educators and organizations regarding important children's development issues. His radio show, Twilight Readings on Broadcast Services for the Blind, was the only radio show for blind children dealing with literature from all over the world in the Great Bay Area. David has a great resume, and I can go on. He has begun his career by teaching children in 1976 and began selling educational textbooks in 1980. His mission is to educate girls in the developing world. David went on to publish children's books like Crystal Moonlight and How Teddy Bears Find Their Home. And his new book titled When You Wish Upon the Star, it's a collection of his children's stories and poems of the last 20 years. David really understands the need to assist all children economically, educationally, on a health issues, environmental education, and culturally to provide for their family needs as well. And most of the profit of or the profits of from the sale of, of the children's books will go into the foundation. It's an incredible resume. It's really an honor for me to have my guest today. And thank you, David, for being here. Are you with us? 
Well, yes, and thank you for inviting me when you read that wonderful introduction. I wanted to meet that person. He sounded really amazing. Um, I'm telling you, this is what I always do, and I always start my question, who is Dr. David Kenneth Waldman? Can you tell us more than if I missed anything? I mean, it's it's incredible. It's incredible what you do. Who are you? Well, <laughs> well, 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 thank you, and... Uh, it, it started, um, as you said, in 1976 when I was teaching school. I graduated from college, and I started my career teaching school. And with budget cuts, I lost my position because um, there was a reduction in force. And I was seeking to find something that would, would fill my desire to help children, to work with children. Teaching was something I loved to do. And from there, I went into educational publishing and selling curriculum and talking to teachers and meeting their needs for the frameworks that they had to deal with, whether it was social studies or reading or um, language arts or math or science, and to match that with textbooks and working for some very large educational publishing companies. The turn came where I began on the path that really led me into all those other accomplishments and um, career changes started in 1983, and it was during a hypnotherapy session. Um, a mentor who I was working with asked me a simple question, and she said, what do you really, really want to do? And it didn't take me a whole lot, and I thought, well, what I really want to do is to write um, children's books. And if I could write children's books, then that would be very satisfying and it would move my career into a whole new level and it would take me from teaching to writing children's books. I couldn't think of a better um, gift than to have a children's book that children, as they grew up, would be able to remember their favorite children's book, hoping that um, what I had to say would be part of that great legacy of wonderful literature for children. And the response from this mentor was, well, what's stopping you? And there was really nothing stopping me. And after our session, I went home and I wrote my first children's story called Planting Seeds a growth book for children. And from there I kept on writing um, other manuscripts and looking to get published and got rejected and rejected and rejected. And finally I thought, well, then I would create my own publishing company and then I would self-publish. And I learned all about self-publishing and I rose in, in that um, field and life was wonderful. I was able to sell educational textbooks, travel, um, talk to teachers, write children's books, and create Rebecca House International, named after my mother, Rebecca. And I was able to find a career where I knew I had a purpose in life. In 1987, just a few years later, in, in San Francisco where I was living, I went to a numerologist and I went to a numerologist because I thought that would be fine. I didn't seriously believe in numerology, but I did start my path in 1983 studying metaphysics, and numerology was a form of um, getting in touch with a person's ambitions and goals, and I thought, well, that would be interesting and that would be fun. And the numerologist asked me the same question. What is it that you want to do with your life? Well, by that time, after five years, four or five years of working on Rebecca House and creating an educational publishing company called Rebecca House, I answered, what I would love to do is to have a publishing company like Golden Books and selling a billion books all over the world that would meet children's educational needs and needs for literature and to be able to have that goal, I would be a very happy and contented person and having found the reason and for my existence, the reason why I'm here, and I would be very happy. 
she looked over all my numbers and she looked down and she added my birth date and all the numbers that she collected. She goes, nope, sorry, that's not what you're destined to do. And I said, immediately the thought came to mind was, I'm going to be told something that is going to be so beyond my reach, even though creating a publishing company worldwide and to sell a billion books I thought was a pretty um, large goal. She looked at me and she said, well, that's fine. You may do that, but that's not your destiny. That's not what you're going to do. You're going to be an ambassador for children, and it's not going to be a political appointment, but you're going to be an ambassador for children, and that's what you're going to do. And it's so clearly, look, here's all the numbers. It's clear. And my response was, no, don't tell me that. Please don't tell me that, like, Danny Kaye and Audrey Hepburn are goodwill ambassadors at the United Nations, and they are ambassadors for children and go around the world to developing countries. How would I ever, ever be able to work with the U.N. and, and to have that level of accomplishment that it just can't happen? And she just said very confidently, well, you know, it's going to happen. It's right here in, in who you are. And it was interesting because it took a couple of years, well, actually a lot of years, um, until I finally made steps towards that. But in the meantime, I created a children's television show called To Love Children. I created um, that radio show on broadcast service for the blind. And for three years for the radio and television show, every single week without fail, I was reading literature from all over the world and interviewing people um, for people that were blind. I wrote a book, Crystal Moonlight, as you mentioned, about a little blind girl who learns that she doesn't see with her eyes alone, she sees with her heart, and so that you're not truly blind, um, even um, that's not even the correct term, it's visually impaired, because very few people are totally black blind where they can't see anything, they can make out something, a haze, light. So from that experience and realizing that um, there's a different way of seeing, that led me in 1997 to waking up one morning very depressed and not knowing where my career was going to take off and what I was supposed to do. And I was satisfied doing my work, as a, working as an, in educational publishing, satisfied writing children's books. But there was something missing, and I was depressed and depressed and depressed. And I woke up, I mean literally woke up, sat up, and I said, I need to get a master's degree in international relations. And that's what I need to do in order to create um, my foundation to be able to help children. During the course of my studies, I was able to focus on girl children as um, the one way, the best way, based on research and practice, that if you educate girls, that you educate a nation, um, and, and, and I graduated with my master's in 2001, and from that point until 2007, there was another gap, and To Love Children was formed. I incorporated it. I even was able to get special consultative status with the United Nations. I spoke um, at the United Nations twice in front of the world's um, ministers, and everything was going well. I was meeting um, a, a king in the Busaga kingdom in Uganda, and it still there was something missing. And what was missing, that in 2007, that same you know, um, catharsis, that it just came to me that I needed to get a Ph.D. And that Ph.D. would open up all the doors and be able to um, truly be that ambassador, not only in, in deed, but in education, in expertise, in credibility. And so for the last four and a half years, I worked hard. Um, that was a goal of getting a Ph.D. I thought was beyond myself. And that's a long story, and I hope it wasn't too boring, but that's 
what led me that's, one door that's led to another. Incredible, David. I, I have to tell you. I mean, your your uh, um, your determination to follow your true purpose. It's 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 what this all show is about. To really inspire people to kind of you know figure out what is their really their true purpose and why they're here for. It. And it seems like you have found your true purpose. I'm gonna take a short a short break. I'm gonna play one of your theme songs from your foundation to love the children. And uh, I'm going to check the chat room. I just want to give out the number again to call in. It's 626-213-5773. If you are an international caller, just click on the Skype icon next to the phone number, and you'll be able to use Skype to Skype for free. And as I mentioned, the chat room, will is it is open, and this show will be archived and also available later on on iTunes um, for a free download on, in the podcast section of iTunes, so um, you'll be able to catch it again if you miss it live. Um, David, stay tuned. We'll be right back. I'm going to play that song, okay? Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Sorry, wrong song. <laughs> Here it is. Okay, my friends, welcome back. Yes, we can all take part. What an incredible song. Um, today with me on the air, Dr. David Kenneth Waldman. He is the founder and the uh, president of um, um, For the Love of the Children uh, Foundation. Uh, this this song was written, The th- this theme song was written for you, right, uh, um, David? Right, it was based okay. on the work that I do. Okay, it's it's an incredible song, and and you know I have a soft heart for humanity in my heart, but you know soft place in my heart, but you know what for children is even more, and and it's incredible what you do. Um, I have to ask you though, I mean you know life takes on, I mean you know obviously throughout your work and and being in a developing um, country, developing world, you know you had you must had encounter a lot of challenges in you know throughout your work. But what motivates you to keep on going and and doing what you do? Because that work required a lot of, you know, um, disciplines and and a lot of, you know, of saying, you know what, it's okay. I I can still do this and I can still, you know, um, 
live my true purpose. And, and so what, what motivates you? What makes you really, you know, the person that well, you are? That's a very interesting person. And if I was able to bottle that and, and sell it, it would make a great movie, I think. Um, and it's hard to capture in a few words because, uh, you know, a person is so many things. And I think, you know, that motivation was who I was as a child. But what kept me going through all the difficulties of working in a developing world, the, the first time that I traveled overseas was to India, and that was in 2003. And working and seeing the children there that was so um, impoverished, and then a couple, then a year, a year and a half later, going to Uganda and then Kenya, and going into the poorest, poorest um, places, um, the poorest, you know, poverty, um, way into the bush. Um, that I was the first um, Caucasian that these children have seen. Um, very few, if any, um, non-governmental organizations have ever come close to getting that deep into um, into Uganda or going to um, in, internally displaced persons camps and seeing children that um, have no shoes and sit on dirt floors and have no resources. And when I go and visit, to these places, to the schools, to the camps, and children come running up and they prepare a song. One time that stands out of my mind is that these children sang to me a song where the words were, we're born with a learning mind, and these are girls um, in a choir with no shoes and, and only one, one clothes um, that they had on their backs and were able to eat um, one, one day, um, once a day, if, if lucky. And to, to see those children laughing and hopeful and able to sing and able to write and create a song that was so magical, so incredible, that that's what keeps me going. And when I get down and when I go through obstacles and failures, I play my theme song and I, I, I look at the children that um, I've surrounded myself with over the years and seen that they haven't given up. And in comparison, even the worst that I've gone through doesn't compare to the war zone that they lived in in northern Uganda and being kidnapped and um, the girls were and made sex slaves and the, the difficulty and, and those children don't give up and, and they still want to go to school. That's what drives me, um, knowing that I can help another child and another child. And I found my purpose in life, and it was always centered to educate children. So it was just educating them in a classroom in, into a world classroom. It's incredible. I mean, I, I, I know when we talked on a, you know, um you and I over the phone. I I told you about the uh, um, the fundraiser event that I attended for um, Health in Africa, and uh, the program is incredible. I mean, you know, most people who you know know about you know the the epidemic of AIDS in Africa know how uh, you know, and then the poverty over there. It's it, you know they don't have the resources, and and you know, so when people like that they go in and they try to do a humanitarian, you know, work like that, like yourself, and reach out and try to help these people. You know, even you know, I, I was talking to to the uh, speaker there, and I said, so how many people do you have, and how many people were you able to help? And she said, you know, well, so far we've been able to help two thousand people, and two thousand people. I mean, you're talking that is like a pinch in a in a, in a hay, right? I mean, that's like nothing, right? right? Uh, but her attitude was, and I believe exactly the same thing what you do, and, you know, by helping one person, that person, if they're strong enough, they can help somebody else, and, and that is almost contagious. So, you know, it will spread, and you'll be able to reach more people, and uh, you'll be able to feed or teach them how to fish, you know, instead of just feed them that fish. Um, so they can teach each other. 
and and but see the thing is, and I I mentioned to you, I mean I I I'm very you know, I have that soft spot in my heart, but I I know it takes a lot for somebody to actually be in those places trying to do the work that you guys do, you know, and so that's why I I I know how amazing you know your work is and. Uh, but can you tell us, like, I mean, some of these downfalls that you had encountered, I mean, if you wanted to share some of these things with us, you know, to tell us, like, you know, that is okay if you fail and, and you face some challenges to get up and, and, and keep on going. I mean, what is well, it? What is it that, you know, I mean, I know what motivates you, but I mean. Yeah, um, you know, failure is um, – Obviously, there's such a thing called failure that you don't reach a certain goal. But when you're working in educating children, when you're working towards your life's purpose and doing what you love to do, there's no goal, there's no failure, there's no success. It's just every day I'm doing more and more. And the failures that other people um, are amazed that, that I could pick myself up and because I I crash and and burn and get depressed and um find it very difficult to pick myself human, up in and other to words, move right? forward. You are human. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I yeah, think that means you know, like, you are like everybody human. else. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, I, and because I failed so many times and and I've went bankrupt and and I've um had someone who was corrupt um at my NGO and money was stolen and, and there's been a lot of um, failures, but it's always that 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 tiny little spark that um, I want to help every child in the developing world and even in the developing countries um, and developed countries. I'm hearing about the children in America and the United States alone that are in poverty. So it, the United States is part of the world. I want to help every child, and I have a dear friend who. Um, retired as a teacher in New Jersey and went to Calcutta and has been there for for 10, 12 years now. And she's helping children. And I went to visit her in Calcutta. And I and I said, like, H- how do you every year in and year out be surrounded with this kind of poverty and you're only reaching a few children? I want to reach everybody. How could you just reach a few children? And she said, if I thought about trying to reach everyone, I'd reach no one. And you could only reach, as you just said a few minutes ago, one child at a time. And I think the famous starfish story, are you familiar with the starfish on the beach story? Where um, a man in the distance sees a little child uh, picking up a starfish and throwing it into the ocean because the ocean receded in, in in a tide and left thousands and thousands and thousands of starfish stranded on the beach, and it was a very hot sun, and if they didn't get into the water, they would die. And he picked one up, and he threw it into the water. Well, as the man got closer, he said to the child, what What are you doing? You, there are tens of thousands of starfish. How could you possibly make a difference? And the child bent down, picked up a starfish, threw it into the ocean, and said, well, I made a difference. For that one, yeah. So, those are the inspirational um, moments. Whether it's a song, whether it's seeing children um, who call me uncle when I go visit them um, oh, in Uganda, um, that 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 keeps me going um, in spite of the obstacles. And if you ask, well, what's the secret? Well, there is no secret. It's just. I do what I do because I love to do it. I have a passion for it, and there's nothing that would stop me um, short of the end of my life that um, I would stop doing what I need to do because it's who I am and I have a purpose. And I think when you look at people that have that same purpose, whether it's in the arts or whether it's in government or whether it's a baker or, or a teacher, when they have that purpose, um, they have that same feeling. They're not going to work. Um, they're making a difference. They're contributing to the world. Absolutely. With all that being said, you know, again, if you like to uh, comment on on 
um, Dr. Waldman's uh, um, work or you have a question for him or even, you know, you just want to say hello, feel free to call the show. Uh, the number to call in is 626-213-5773. And if you are an international caller, use Skype to Skype for free. And I also have the chat room open, so um, go in there and, and uh, put your comment, your question. And we're going to take another short break, um, David, and I wanted to talk when we get back from the break about your thesis and also some of those, those programs that the uh, organization offers, you know, for these kids. Um, so we'll be right back. Please stay Okay. Tuned. Welcome back. This is Kotria. You are listening to Your Life Now show, and with me on the air is Dr. David Kenneth Waldman. He is the founder and president of ToLoveChildren.org. And um, we were talking about, you know, what motivates him to do what he does and his work and, and some of the challenges that he had encountered in the developing world. And some of the work that he keep on doing, he has a passion He's living his true purpose, and it is really true true honor for me to have him as a guest on my show. David, thank you again for being here. My pleasure. With before the uh, um, the break, I wanted to um, you know uh, touch a little bit on your thesis, your doctor. Um, what some of the areas that you? I mean, I know it's related to your work, but can you give our listeners some of the things that you you covered in your thesis? Well, in in my dissertation, um, I looked at human rights um and the united nations has a human rights approach and human rights as a way of of granting gender equality so i took a look at um human rights and cultural effects meaning how does culture um affect a girl whether it's um forced early marriage or certain behavior or how um, they dress or whether they can go to school or not. So I looked at human rights and cultural effects um, on gender justice for girls. So how does human rights and how culture operates, how does that affect justice for girls to give girls gender equality? And what I found in in my studies and, and the dissertation findings was that obtaining children's human rights is a function of the effect of a girl's access to gender justice and the culture's response to social development, and the outcome is gender equality. So instead of providing a human rights approach, you need to come in with a human rights and a cultural respect and to work towards gender justice. Once you have justice for for girls and women, then you'll have gender equality as an outcome. So human rights, there are many cultures that um, interpret human rights a lot differently than Western countries or than the United States. But there are girls and women that, and also men and boys, that don't see themselves impeded, that they don't have the same um, vision or definition of human rights. But every society, every culture throughout time, has a sense of justice, social justice. So my dissertation was focused on looking at giving girls gender justice to achieve the goal for girl education and to gender equality. That's incredible. I mean, that's something very, uh, you know, noble and, and, and amazing work. Um, so some, some, can you tell us some of the programs the TLC 
co- you know, um, offer, um, you know, for these yes. girls? Okay. Um, we're still a very small non-governmental organization, and part of the challenges and the failures and what keeps me motivated, that even though that we're um, small and we lack a lot of resources, we're very rich in intellectual and expertise um, resources in people resources and contacts resources. So some of the programs to open up um, library and resource centers um, for children, focus on having girls having access since they're denied a lot of access in, in the world, to be able to have those resource centers and libraries um, for girls. And, and most recently, we've created a curriculum called Healthy and Smart. It's a prevention curriculum, um, an HIV-AIDS prevention curriculum for teens. And we're now working with the Ugandan government to be able to have it implemented um, throughout northern Uganda, which was a war zone for over 20 years, and other places in Uganda. We're going to have a pilot in the south and east part of Uganda so that we'll have a curriculum that's culturally appropriate, that is um, takes very few resources, and it addresses HIV-AIDS um, through education, through empowerment, um, through teaching children, and especially girls, to young teens, to be able to say no and to, um, to have alternatives and to be able to um, be protective of themselves instead of... A, treating the, the, the end result that they already have HIV-AIDS. Um, once they have HIV-AIDS, then um, we're, we're trying to develop a program. Um, there will be a microfinance um, part of um, Healthy and Smart where HIV-infected mothers will be given um, loans that are interest-free, and there's no penalty um, if they don't pay it back. They just get re-educated um, and help to pay them back so that they can leave something for their children and especially for the girls. So that's where we stand right now um, in, in our programs. So this is your, like, this is your, your future goal for the, for the organization? Is no, it's, it's... Offer more it's, or what's the future goal? Well, the, the future goal is to operate um, throughout Africa um, in all the countries and then eventually around the world um, but but the goal is to create um, educational um, development opportunities that's sustainable, and that happens with educational resource um, centers and libraries. That um, happens through advocacy with a walk for education worldwide, where we um, had a walk of tens of thousands of, of children. Um, in 2004, um, advocating for children that are that don't have an education, to have a travel program um, called GeoTop, where we have experts and um, people from around the world coming into Uganda, for example, and lending their expertise. And, and instead of paying to go on a vacation, that they would pay the foundation to be able to come in and, and to do work. So what they'll see directly where their money is going. If they're going to help build a school, they will be there helping to build the school. So they'll see um, how their money um, is put to work. We've also published and we're looking to continue our global child journal of having scholarly articles on all issues related to children. And, you know, basically... Um, but that's the future growth of To Love Children. That's, that's a great goal, and I wish you all the best with it. Um, so Thank some you. of the obstacles that you would think you, you would be encountering, because this is part of my coaching <laughs> practice, we always have to identify the obstacles so we can achieve the goal. So what are some of the obstacles that you can see you know, being in your uh, way of uh, achieving okay. that goal? Um, this is going to sound... Um, probably very familiar, but I'm the only obstacle in in well, my own that. way to um, to. And let, let me like explain that with um, very very short story. And I know my stories aren't short, <laughs> but this will be. 
Um, we have 15 minutes and, left. So <laughs> you got oh, well, this time. will just okay. take a few seconds. Okay. Um, my, my colleague in um, Uganda, who is my African director, and he's like a brother um, to me, and we've um, worked very closely for like, over seven years, he would always say to me, you Americans, you're always complaining about money. It's always I don't have money, and money, you know, is difficult, and, and, and it's just going to cost money, and you're always talking about money. Where here we look and say, well, there's obstacles and we need money, but that's only one thing that we need. Um, but there are many things that we need, and there's many things that we can do, and money isn't the obstacle to stop you. It's just if you're building a house, you, you need tools. Um, yes, you need a hammer and a saw and blueprints and um, architects, and you need materials, but money is only one aspect, and it's not an obstacle. It's just one more part of your strategic planning, one more um, part of when you're doing the work, then, the, then you'll get recognized for the work and the doors will open and the money will come. The only obstacle in my life, looking back, is myself. And I was able to overcome those obstacles because I got out of my way. And that's the best thing that you can do. <laughs> and that's to everybody else who's listening. The best thing that you can do is get out of your own way so you can do the things that you need to get done. So now going forward, I know you know you are on the faculties of uh, Phoenix uh, University, and you've got so much going on. I mean, you know, you publish books, you write books, you you know, where do you find the time, and how do you manage that time, and 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 do all these things? And of course, you know, money, like it, it's it's a tool, you know, but we we it's necessary too. So how do you fund all these things? How do you keep it going? I mean, you know, you you only one person in that perspective. Right, and and it is one of the one of the challenges um, right now. I'm just working part time by teaching. Um, as an associate faculty for the University of Phoenix, so that that money just sustains me um, until I can generate more income to be able to move um, forward. So there are challenges, and you have to look at um, where do I want to be long term? Where do I want to be in 20 years, 10 years, 5 years? What do I need to do today? So what you find that you don't have to work on um, the final, edited, polished, perfect dissertation the first day of starting your Ph.D. program. That, that comes four and a half years later, so you do bits and parts of it. You do a little bit today, a little bit tomorrow. And everything that you need to do, there's always enough time to get it done. And, and if you think about your own life of you know, what you need to get accomplished. And if you're cooking or you, or, or your work or you're, you're, you're creating something, you, if you don't give up, it gets accomplished, it gets completed. So right. you do, every person, if you think about, um, I'm single, I don't have children, which I would love to have, but when I look at um, women that have children or or are expecting a child and a family and working and volunteering, and it all gets done. And you have priorities. If I had children, they would be a priority. Right now, my work is a priority. Um, so if a friend calls or a friend is, it needs me, then that becomes a priority. You find time because you're not working. You're living life, and you have a long life, hopefully, or a, a, a day um, after day where you keep on doing a little bit each day and it all adds up to all these different things. Um, or you can do just one thing and spend a lot of empty time um, going to movies and going out to restaurants and doing other things. You have to make a sacrifice if you want to really, truly follow your purpose and your passion. You need to make decisions and once you get to a certain level then you can add things back into your life going to a movie eating out with your friends having dinner but in order to get there you i, I found that i needed to make some sacrifices 
Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, I, I have to tell you, I am a public speaker, but I think you are a great public speaker. And, and I know you had speak, spoke at the United Nations, but you got to be doing more of that because you're such an inspirational person. I mean, you you got a story to tell, and, and you are doing it. Uh, you know, I mean, you set the example by doing it, and, and, and that's that's something like, you know, I, I'm not going to try to coach you on, on the air right now, but I really think you should consider you know, um, reaching out and speaking publicly, you know, and, and telling people, you know, how to, you know, because you, you motivated people. You just motivated me, you know. That, that's uh, that's incredible. I don't know if you know that about yourself, well, but you are. <laughs> no, actually, I, I've, I've heard that um, my, whole, my whole life, um, my sense of humor, my ability to talk. And when I go and I listen, um President Bill Clinton spoke at my commencement from my graduation in July, and when I listened to a Bill Clinton or um, so many other men and women that I listen to that I think are great public speakers, or when I, I, I there's a video on YouTube of this young man who has no arms and no legs, and he leads a more active life than I have ever led of water sports and hiking and climbing a mountain. And he gives um, talks in um, middle schools um, around the country. And when you see on this um, video of these young teens, probably 12, 13 years old, 14 years old, standing in front of him to thank him of the tears running down their eyes of seeing someone truly, truly inspirational that's overcoming and I look at my obstacles and the depressions that I had to face, the failures, the lack of money. Right now I'm living through an extremely difficult, um, challenging time financially, knowing that the children that I go visit maybe eat a bowl of rice a day. Um, my refrigerator is never empty. Those are the things that keep me going and motivate me. And when I hear... Um, people say, well, don't you have any time for yourself? Why don't you take time for yourself? You need to take time for yourself. I've taken my whole life for myself. Doing those things is the best thing I could do for myself. The more I give, the happier I am. Um, And I've walked away from um, jobs that paid very high wages because it wasn't leading to me to give of all what I can give. Right, right. That's incredible. Um, I am, I, you know, I, like I said, I'm really honored to have you as a guest and, 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 and speaking with you. I think you are an incredible person, such an inspirational person to all of us. You know, I think that's the thing is, like, you know, we really need to live our true purpose. And if you don't know what your true purpose just give and and you'll find yourself, you know, living your true purpose because that's what it's all about. It's really, you know, being in service, you know, of others. And through that, we live a very fulfilled life. Um, I'm going to take another short break. We only have, you know, about 12 minutes, 11 minutes left in the show, but I just want to give you a little break here, too, and, uh, you know, check in the chat room, see if anybody had put any comment or any post. Please call in if you'd like to chat with my guests and, and if you have a question or comment. I know most people, they, they like to listen. And uh, that's okay. We appreciate you being here. Remember, this show will be archived and also available later on on iTunes for a free download. Um, this 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 gentleman here, Dr. David Waldman, he's he's an incredible incredible man, and 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 um, you know we can learn a lot from him. So um, so we'll be right back, and please stay tuned.
Okay, my friends, welcome back. This is Coach Ria. You are listening to your Life Now show, and with me on the air today, Dr. David Kenneth Waldman. He is the founder, president of um, tolovethechildren.org, and uh, his work is amazing. He is such an inspirational person. We've been talking about all the challenges the obstacles that he is getting in his way, but he keeps on doing what he what he does the best, and it is to help, inspire, and 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 uh, make a difference in the world by helping some of these girls in the developing world. And he's also trying to reach out to also some of these girls and educate them as well here in the United States. His work is amazing. David, again, thank you so much for being here. What an honor. Uh, what what can some you know a person like myself or anybody who is listening to the show can do to help? You know, I mean, how do how do we reach out and and do something to uh, you know? I know we can you know donate to the organization. You know, uh, it is nonprofit. So what what some of the things that you suggest you know people can do or well you- what what I've always recommended for people is to first follow their own passion, their own cause, and to do something and make a difference. Um, It's always um, wonderful when you get financial support and you get volunteers, but what people can do for me is to make my work easier and how you make my my work easier and, and is by doing your work and to making a difference. And, and, and that can look so many different ways. Some people that have a lot of money, that they give money and they let people do the work for them because that's what they can contribute. Some people can contribute administrative experience. But I think it's important um, to not to fit into what you can do for to love children, and it sounds like John F. Kennedy, but what you can do for yourself and your own passion, and if that passion meets the direction that we're going, we'd love to have you um, work with us or any other nonprofit or any school or hospital or your own family. And that adds um, up that positive cycle um, of, of life, and it just makes the world that much better and that much more spiritual in in the positive sense of um, that people can make a difference, and it's not only the the protests that are around the world. Um, that's one way of of making a difference, but there's lots of quiet ways. In your backyard um, people, make a difference, right? Right, and and to do unexpected kindness. Um, when I lived in the Bay Area, I would cross the Bay Bridge and the Golden Gate Bridge all the time. And I would frequently, well, more more times than not, pay for the car behind me because I heard someone talking on TV that they did that. I said, oh, what a wonderful thing to do. And then that slogan, do um, random acts of kindness. And just um, thanking people. You know, when you see a military person, I always say thank you for your service. If someone helps you, in any way um, say thank you. If you're in a place and you're a president or you have a high esteem position, the people that are working around you, to look them in the eye, and if a street person, look them in the eye and say, no, I can't help you today, but to give them dignity. And and that adds um, to the world, and that makes uh, actually, in the long run, uh, um, an easier place for all of us to live, and that's part of my work. And I want to thank you. I really want to thank you for you. You are an amazing person, and it's really, truly an honor for me to have you as a guest and be speaking with you. And I hope, you know, we'll have a future, you know, collaboration. I said it's anything that I can do with myself. I will put myself out there as well. And, uh, you know, remember, you know, it really takes one person at a time. It takes one kind act you know, at a time to make a difference in the world. We all can help make a difference in the world, and even our own life. I mean, you know, just just look around you. See who else can you help. Because by helping yourself, by helping someone else, you'll be helping yourself as well, and that's, you know, that's the bottom line. Um, because Dr. Uh, Waldman found a true, you know, passion, and he he feels like, you know, by doing what he does, he he's loving his life. Is that true, or am I just saying that? I think you are. Well, no, no, thank you. 
I appreciate that, and and very. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't say the um, five years that I spent working on a U.S. Army base in Germany from 2003 to 2008, and to as a baby boomer to find myself um, every single day for five years working on an army base and working with um, army soldiers, men and women, that when you have um, people around you with that kind of courage and that kind of um, attitude of we're here to serve, that I don't have my fire lit from within. I'm burning all the time without getting it, you know, refueled. And by getting out into the world and um, seeing wherever you are, of, of other people making a difference and who, who inspires me, who are my teachers. And that, that helps me um, that I look and go, wow, look at that person. I'd love to be able to do what that person is, is sacrificing. Um, that, 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 that helps us and everybody um, to do what they're, what they're meant to do, to find the song that they are meant to sing. Um, very few people... Um, because it's too hard financial times and they put these artificial barriers of of failure and obstacles and they're just challenges and it's not just cliche um i guess my life is is a little proof of the persistence and that's really the key you you just never give up never um churchill said that in world war ii you just never 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 give up and that persistence you said such a beautiful thing you said you gotta fuel up i mean we are human being after all. We experience emotion, and, and I always mention on my show, you know, there are two main emotions that we experience as a human being, um, love and fear. And if we keep on operating from a place of love, things will look a lot brighter and a lot more, you know, tolerable to, to keep on going. But you got to fuel up. You can't just go on and empty. So that's the key. And with all that being said, David, I'm going to, you know, close up the show, and uh, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here. You are such a great person, and, and, and much love and, and gratitude for you. Well, you thank work. you for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you, David. And my friend, as in closing, um, this is going to be, um, you know, I will see you or hear you or talk to you, talk with you again next year. But as 2011 closing up fast on us, it's really time to feel good. Why you say feel good? Because something new is approaching real quick, a new hope for a better tomorrow. So if you are feeling down right now, stand up, look up, take a deep breath and up the sky and imagine yourself looking into the new year. Keep looking and see your life in a new way. Celebrate this moment. Breathe it in. Close your eyes and anchor Anchor that picture in your mind and in your heart and be grateful. Be grateful for all the goods that you have, all the blessings that you have, and all the goods and the blessings coming your way. It is That's the beauty of life. It keeps on giving and it keeps on moving. It's your job. It's your job to grab all the goods and refuse the ugly and the bad. Be part of the human, humanity and, and do make a difference. One person at a time, one act of kindness at a time. You are amazing. You deserve a great life. And, and keep that in your mind. And until next year, have a great and safe holiday season. And I will speak with you live um, next year in 2012. Be amazing. Thank you all for being here. Much love. smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech!
And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash, hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. 